Welcome to In Your Corner Divorce Podcast. My name is Carly Israel and I am your host. No one wants a divorce. And while the process of divorce, the legal aspects, the logistics and the aftermath are painful and overwhelming, I refuse to allow this to define me. A friend of mine taught me about the concept of the North Star. How when sailors are lost in the dark and cannot find their way home, they look to the North Star to get back on course and can always find home. That my children would need to be my North Star. That in all decisions, I would need to look to them to guide me. A North Star divorce is when you make your children your main focus. When all decisions are based on the question, will this make them feel emotionally safe or will this cause further harm? It is about adults putting aside our baggage, emotions, anger, and old stories. Today, I have the privilege of talking with Jill, is it Jill Barnett Kaufman? Jill Barnett Kaufman, divorce coach, therapist, co-parenting expert, author, and so much more. Welcome, Jill. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. She has years of experience. Uh, Will you tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up going down this path? Yeah, it's very um, a funny path that I came. I was in banking um, originally, and then I had my son. And I wanted to do something part-time. So I found something that said, um, do what you love and get paid for it. I was like, perfect. So I was actually trained to be a parent educator. And I taught parenting classes from when my son was 14 months old. So I really didn't know anything about parenting. (laughs) But um, they like saved me because they were, um, my son was spirited. He was, my oldest was spirited. I love that word. I have a spirited one. Oh yeah. And I needed all the help that I could get. So, um, so the parenting class actually helped me tremendously in the way that I parented. And every time at the end of the five session class that I would teach, they were like, Can we meet with you individually. And I said, I'm not a therapist. I can't do that. So then finally I was like, I have to go back and get my master's. And so, um, I went back when my I have three boys and my youngest, Me too. <laughs> my youngest was three and I went back to graduate school and, um, and in 2007, I, I, you know, I started practicing, um, and I was just kind of a generalist. And then I went through my own divorce in 2012, 2013. And I was like, this is what I want to do. Cause I don't want anybody to go through what I went through. Cause it was, yeah. Because you did not have a coach when you were going through it. Me neither. I made really bad emotional decisions that were based on, I want this to be over. This is so painful. I rushed things because I was so uncomfortable. I didn't consider what needs to be in the document. Um, You know, all the, I'm sure very similar. Will you tell us a little bit about what your first marriage was like and how you guys ended up going through that process? Sure. So we were married almost 20 years. Uh, well, we were married 20 years. That's when we decided to get divorced. Um, but so we mar- I married very young and not, um, not thinking through, we were dating 10 months and we got engaged and I, you know, we didn't know each other. So we, we ended up being very different people and, um, we actually have a great relationship right now. Um, not while we were going through the divorce, cause it's very hard to have yes. that, but, um, but I really like him as a co-parent, and um, but not as a, a husband. We were not good together. So we, um, you know, it is so, you know, I think I stayed longer than I should for the kids. And yes. because I thought I was doing the right thing, which, you know, probably wasn't. But, you know, at the time of the divorce, I just wanted everything over so fast that I really made decisions that 
shouldn't I shouldn't have made and I listened to law, my lawyer who your lawyer is trying to get you the best deal possible and right. they're not necessarily thinking what's best for your children no or, or you or they're just thinking you. about finances yeah exactly and you know so, what's so interesting that you said so I actually googled should I stay for my kids and like my first article that ended up kind of moving me forward into the writing world was a huff post about, you know, I Googled, should I stay for my kids? Because we didn't have bruises or infidelity. It was a quiet neglect and brokenness and loneliness. And, you know, like we are better as co-parents than as husband and wife. How old were your boys when you went through your divorce? So my oldest was 18, um, 16, and then 12. How was that? Because they were, so my boys were way younger. How was that for them? Um, I think it was still really tough, you know? Uh, toughest on my 12 year old. Um, hey, my, my youngest is the, the is, he, is he spirited too or no? He is not as much. Yeah. I mean, all my kids are kind of difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're great, great, great young adults now, but, um, but they're, they've got really strong personalities. So, um, you know, my oldest was going off to college, so I thought it didn't impact him, but it did, you know? Yeah. And then my 16 year old was like, he was so funny. He was like trying to talk us out of it and like, no, why do you have to get that way? I, I don't want to have to deal with this. And, you know, yeah. and then my youngest was just, you know, devastated and didn't know how as a boy to handle that, you know, yeah. emotionally. And so it really, it really affected him, but um, we're in a much better place right now. And um, they're all doing really well. Thank you. Yeah. That's so good to know. And I, I truly believe for me that it's been my mistakes and, dark paths that have led me to being a coach because I'm like, I don't want anyone else to have to go through this. So will you tell me some of your mistakes that you now use into your current coaching that you're like, I did this and I wish I wouldn't have done this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> so I was so ready to get out that I, um, I just pulled away you know, whereas my ex wasn't at that same point and he got very angry about that. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of anger where I could have been kinder during that whole time, which I, you know, at the time I didn't realize, you know, the effect, I was just kind of in my own emotions. Um, so if you can get perspective yes. on that, this is not you know, this is not going to get over in a minute. You know, this is a process. It takes time for everybody to move along the process and you have to give that other person time to reach where you are if you're not there or you have to give yourself time to right. get to that place. And respect that, right? Like, so that is such an important thing because when you're going through actually the legal aspects and the physical separation and all that, I mean, it's yuck. When you're going through that, it's hard to fathom that you're ever going to want to be in the same space with that person again. You don't know all the important things that we're going to talk about. And what I want listeners to know, the facts, you're going to be connected to that person for the rest of your life. Right. And one of the cool tools I do with my coaching clients is I make them write a letter to themselves on the eve of their wedding because I want them, I had to do that. And it was really, and I, I had to like use my picture and everything and like, look at it. Because I wanted to remember that for me, and this is a big one, I want to know what your thoughts are. I refuse to allow anyone to call their marriage a failure when it ends in divorce, because if there's children involved, that means you're calling your children a failure. And for me, my three perfect children of God that came out of that marriage are not a failure. And no. so we, we might not have worked together as a husband and wife, 
but we have a business together to grow humans. And for the most part, we're doing a great job because of all the things that me and you're going to talk about. Do you, do you think that that's an important distinction? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I like that. I, I have called it a failed marriage, which I, I think isn't the right message because yeah. it is failed. You did a lot of things well. You right. Know? And there are probably some good memories. I mean, all of us, unless we were in a horrible situation, looked at that person at one time and said, this is the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. Right. This is the person I want to raise. And even though there were tons of flags and all that stuff, at the end of the day, the children that I love more than anything and that you do are half of that person. Right. Exactly. And I need to remember that. Yeah. Um, so I'm so excited. So tell me about, um, you have so much awesomeness going on. You have a book <laughs> called, I'm, I'm getting divorced. Now what? Yes. You have a program called redirecting children's behavior parenting class. Right. right. Well, correct? that's, that's to teach to therapists okay. how to teach parenting, teach parenting in their therapy practice. Awesome. But I'm, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. But what I I'm starting coming up in the few, next few weeks is um, I'm doing a, a, a free five day challenge on, you know, how to just get yourself to a better place. And then after that, I have a paid group coaching program called thriving through divorce. I love it because my whole idea besides that the most important thing is the children is that we get to create a life for ourselves. We get to write this next chapter and it has to be one that we're excited about. Like I've never done more of my bucket list items since I've gone through this. Me too. The person, right. The person I've become, <laughs> I was thinking about it yesterday when I was walk running and I was thinking if I didn't do this, would I have been these things? And I'm like, it's not even possible. Like those two people couldn't exist. No, I you know. know that's it. That's exactly how I was in my marriage. I put all my needs aside for my children. That's I did nothing for myself. And since my divorce, I mean, like I've lived like so many more different, fun, exciting things that, which is attractive to your children and yeah. to other people going through it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, the divorce priority tool, will you tell us about that? Sure. So I think this is the, one of the big things I work with people on is, is just to clarify their priorities because, you know, so many, there's so many things in divorce that you have to consider, you know, like I brought up something about like the, we had season jets tickets and like, I really was like trying to like, see if I could get that. And I'm like, I shouldn't have looked, got, tried to get that. That was something important to him. And right. like, let him have that. So, right. you know, you have to decide what, what ended up being important to me. I finally got to this place was the schedule for the kids. Cause yeah. I wanted, um, I didn't want to not see them for a whole week. You know, I had been doing everything for my children. I was a hundred percent mom. Yeah, me now, too. Right. So tell me what you ended up doing with your schedule. We did Monday, Tuesday, I had them and I wanted to have them in the beginning of the week yeah. so I could get their week, you know, yeah. going right. And he had them Wednesday, Thursday, and then every other weekend, Friday to Monday. So, and it worked out great. I mean, it was really hard for me at first because I didn't want to be without my children ever. Yeah. But, um, but it turned out to be, you know, I was able to rediscover who I was. I was able to do things for myself that I would never have done. And like, it forces you to have this new life and right. people don't see that right away. You know, you they can't. don't understand that. I have the same schedule and what I did, like my main priority, if you, if you gave me this divorce priority tool, the one that I fought for harder than anything was I wanted to be with them after school every day, even if it wasn't my day. And mm -hmm. so even when it wasn't my day, I still got to be with them because I'm the mom, I'm the parent that does the homework and does this, you know, 
the scheduling and the kids all that. were younger really right? young right yeah. so and that to me was more important than anything right. um i love that you talk about that because you have to figure out what's important to you and then what the goal is going to be for you and your kids one of the coaches i talked to said when a client focuses on how they can win in the divorce then their children lose yeah so tell me how many do you ever work with couples that are going through it Oh yeah, a lot actually. That's my dream because that's a very hard, that's like finding a unicorn. Yeah. Well, so usually the couples will come to me and they're like, we're talking about it, but we're not sure. Yes. And one person wants it, one person doesn't. Yes. Um, and so, you know, most of the time they're going to get a divorce because yes. that's usually what one person's already there if they're talking. Yeah. About it. And it's just a matter of bringing the other one along to understand and, and kind of ask questions and express what they need to express to the other person because there's, there's unfinished business there, you know? Like, you do, there's things you need to discuss and get out, even if it's, you know, if they're angry, but they can do yes. it in a respectful way if they have some, a professional there, you know, making sure they're being respectful. Yes, and for me, one of the things I do that people often misconceive, I'm sure for you too, as a divorce coach, is people think I'm like promoting divorce. Like I'm a, like, I'm making people get divorced. I actually have a session called figuring it out where I sit down with couples and I say, and I go over with them because I say, if, if each of you has even 1% left that is willing to do the work, I encourage you strongly to do it. And these are the tools I would give you because for me, the biggest fear I have besides my children was if I was going to walk around with regret my whole life. Right. And I exhausted that path. So I don't, and I want people to do that because the misconception I think is that it marriage is so hard. This is not working. This is so hard. Therapy's not working. We'll get a divorce and it'll be better. And the reality is there's so much more work to do. And even if you have the best marriage, like the best divorce and the best co-parenting situation, there's still pain that you cannot escape. Yeah. I mean, like I work with so many people who think about, Oh my God, I can't wait to get divorced. It's going to be so much better. And then they get divorced and they are a wreck. You know, yeah. they're in pain and they're like, oh my God, I didn't realize how this was going to feel. And, you know, that's grief, you know, yeah. you're grieving the loss of the intact family. And you don't even think about that sometimes when you're going through it because you're, you're focused on the, you because know. you're so uncomfortable. You want out of the discomfort. In but, the also, but also you're, you, there's so many decisions you have to make and there's so many, you have, may have to sell your house. You may have to move. You have to decide about oh. custody. Yes. You're not thinking about how it's going to be when you're done. And when you're done, it all kind of hits you and you're like sitting in that pain. And what I, you know, work with people is that, you know, you have to go through the pain. Yeah. It's the only way out is through. Yeah. And the only way out is through. Experience it. I'm sorry to say, but once you do and you get it out, you can journal. And that's part of what, yeah. my book is about it it's, it's a workbook so you can yeah. go journal and and try to process those feelings so um and then once you do that you you have this amazing you know new like blank slate you know right. and you can find yourself and you can learn new things and and, and part of the thing i talk about in my book is learning to spend time with yourself and enjoy yes. that time yes and so there's so many things that people don't even realize that happen that yes, it's painful and yes, it's really hard, but you can get it to be really positive. Right. That. And 
about spending time with yourself, like regardless of what you make your next part of your life. And if you're lucky enough to find a partner that you love, I can speak from my own current experience. Even when I have my favorite human as my partner today, there are times when we are not okay. And if I am not okay on my own, I would be screwed. But because I've done all the work you're talking about and that I do with my clients, I am forced, I force myself to not only look in the mirror and like myself, but to love myself enough that I will be okay no matter what. Tell yep. me um, with your, with people and um, the question I wanted to ask you was how do you, one of the things you brought up was how do you help lessen the negative impact of divorce in your children? Mm-hmm. Are there any great like tools that you like to do or suggestions? Oh yeah. Okay. So you mentioned something before about the children are half of each of you. Yes. So anytime you say anything negative uh-huh. about the other parent, you're hurting your children. Uh-huh. And I don't think people understand that. It's actually um, child abuse. Yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> so um, people have to, re- and I know it's so hard because you're in this really, you know, confrontational place and your your adversaries really like in, in hopefully not, but a lot of people are. And you you are around your children and you can't help but saying things. But I think you really have to work on not doing that. Talk to a divorce coach, therapist, friends, family, anybody else, but your children, because they have to, I mean, you know, I've seen so many kids get affected by this and it's not, it's not okay. Um, The other thing. Can I say something about that? Um, So I have done a lot of anonymous questions like questionnaires for adult children of divorce and children of divorce where they could feel free to answer their questions without, without an email, without anyone knowing. And probably the two biggest negatives I saw were my one parent is always talking negatively about my other parent and they can't be in the same room. And actually those are my only two rules for clients. I will not work with somebody if they're not willing to follow those rules. It is, you're not allowed to speak negatively about the other parent. If you hear someone with an earshot in your family or friends doing it, you shut it down. And you have to, um, this is very uncomfortable for people, before COVID, when there were activities, you have to sit in the same vicinity as your co-parent. So your kid is not forced to look in two different directions at their play or game because they hate that one. That's like asking people to stop eating gluten. They're like, no, no. (laughs) But I'm like, it's not about you. Right. Well, that's what they have to realize. And you know what? My kids said this to me all the time. I didn't get to the, I didn't decide to get divorced. You did. So it's like, you have to say that to yourself. It's not your fault that this is going on and you have to do everything in your power to make it okay for them. I'm sorry for interrupting you. Tell me your next thing that you use to help lessen the negative impact of divorce for your children. Well, okay. So fighting with your ex is kids know, even if you're not saying anything negative, they know when there's tension and fighting between you. And so obviously, you know, you're going to be going through disagreements while you're going through your divorce. When you're living in the same house, it's even more difficult. But, um, but you have to let the kids know that, look, we are working things out and we are going to have everything figured out and we'll, we'll be okay. So, so that negativity, that, um, tension has to go away because the kids feel it. So you have to really work on respecting. I mean, one of the things that people have to understand is everybody has their own view. 
Yes. You know, like if someone's paying alimony to someone else and let's say, you know, I receive alimony, I have to empathize with the fact that he's not going to want to pay me alimony. Right. You know what I mean? Like anything we talk about, like I, I'm deserve to get alimony because you know, of the situation and whatever, but like, he's not going to willingly say, okay, I'll give you so whatever you want. You know, there's very few, some do. I actually have met some who do that, but <laughs> I have very few do that. And so you have to understand that, like, you know, still ask for what you want, but, but be understanding that, you know, you, you're going to have to compromise. You're not going to get everything you want. So what is reasonable? And, you know, the I like that question. What is reasonable? Yeah. And both because of you, you know the person, like you, like you can't ask for something that we don't have. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you, so many times I'm sure you see it. People think they need They're that. angry. They're making decisions based on anger. Right. Do you think that there's any specific things that should be in the parenting plan that really would benefit the children to put in there before there's other partners coming in and screwing it up? I mean, if you can put something in there that you don't introduce the children to a new person until you've been dating at least, you know, I mean, I would say six months to a year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because that's really important. Kids don't need to have anybody else in their lives right away. They're dealing yes. with enough, you know, at first. And they also don't need to deal with anybody who's not like a serious relationship. You know, right. you can have whatever you want on your right. own time. Yes. But, but when you involve the kids, it's really, um, it's something you have to think really long and hard about. And you have to make sure this is an important person in your life. So you could put something in there about that. Um, you know, there's other things. I have a whole list of wording of what yeah. people can put in their documents. On but your website? Yeah. And yeah. I mean, if people want it, I can share it with yeah. them. But, um, you know, you can put wording about, you know, um, no saying anything negative in front of right. the kids about the other parent. You have to support the relationship and being flexible. This is one thing that people make yes. so many um, because they're about. scorekeepers. They're like, no, that's not my day and not my time. Oh my God. So anytime my son wanted to watch, a, you know, a football game or a baseball game with his father, I was like, go. Yeah. But his father was very inflexible. Regiment, yeah. In the, in the beginning, he's gotten much better. Obviously we don't have parenting time anymore. Yeah. But, um, but in the beginning he was really not because he wasn't the stay at home dad and he wanted to build that. I understand now why he did what he did, but at the time it wasn't, it wasn't right for our son because our, my son was scared to ask to have time with me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so you have to really be flexible and, and say like, if you want your child on a date, you know, or the other person wants the child, let it happen because these kids shouldn't be, um, they shouldn't be punished because of something that we've done. Yes. And you know what else about being flexible, which I think is so important, especially when creating your schedule, is to have an open dialogue with your co-parent that, that things are going to come up. Life's going to come up. Travel, events, meetings, sickness. And I know that, it, so my co-parent and I live four blocks away on purpose. We, we sold our house we lived in, both bought close to each other because we wanted to create that relationship for our kids. So when my youngest one storms out, cause he's having a tantrum and says, he's going to see dad. I'm like, peace out, you know, like right, right there. Um, 
But speaking, I mentioned sickness. I'm sure you've had a massive influx since COVID because the biggest fight we've had in a really long time, because we get along about 90% of the time, was over COVID issues. Because now when you're a divorced family and with blended families, our quarantine pool is not five people. Right. It's like this person's parent and this person's wife and this person's kids. And right. we had a massive fight. And my little guy said to me, I hate when you and dad fight. And I, we talked about it. And I said, we really don't fight a lot. You're just feeling it right now because it's happening right now. And it's a really important issue, which is your health. And I wanted to make clear to him, which I think is important as parents, that people who love each other argue. And that to create a situation where there's never an argument would be ridiculous because important situations come up. I said, you and me argue all the time right. and we love each other. Right. And so he needed to have a different expectation about what our lives were going to look like because he wanted it to be like, D you're divorced now. So you should, everything should be perfect. Which is insane. Right. Right. Yep. Do you ever I see, go ahead. I, well, I, what I was going to say is that as children get older, like when my youngest was a teen, there were t situations where we, the two of us would have to come together, talk to him about something he did. And there was one time where we punished him and it was the same punishment from my house to his house. And we had to be on the same page. Thank God we were because if he would never have listened to me. Alone. No, he would be like, I'm going to dad. Right. Exactly. So you guys together got to a place where when you're you're dealing with a teenager and they like teenagers regardless of you being divorced or not are going to look at porn and do drugs and make bad decisions or do not do their schoolwork and they need both people on the same team because otherwise that becomes a whole different issue oh yeah it's bad for for teams you really do need each other it's yes. the best for the kids so are all your boys out of the house yeah, my youngest is going to his junior year in college. So. How has your co-parenting relationship changed when no one's physically in the house? So we, you know, we definitely don't interact as much now. Um, he actually moved an hour away, but, um, but, you know, we go, we went to parents weekend together and we all drank with him, my, my fiance yeah. and a bunch of other people, you know, like it was, right. we have a good time, you know, and, yeah. and our son, I think really sees that and benefits you know, benefits from seeing that. Yeah. They need that. Yeah. One of the things I always want um, parents to know if they have two willing parties who are open to the idea of what's the best for the children, especially if they have little children is I suggest having in your shared parenting document holidays, like, uh, like Halloween and July 4th and birthday celebrations, write it in there that both parents will be there because when you introduce other people, some of them have like, so our situation my co-parent his partner does not like that like that's not the divorce that she had or mm -hmm. has and so it's very threatening and it's probably the only issue that we have like pretty much and the only people that are harmed are the children who desperately want this and if you don't have it written in the document and you have like my co-parents really into like the document if you don't have that, that i mean that's really hard to change that document i know I know. It's like and chiseling that, into. <laughs> well, that's what people don't realize is that they are making decisions that are going to carry through until for, forever. Yeah. I mean, even though we don't have parenting time anymore, we're still doing our holidays like we were in right. the doctor. Or when your kids come home from school. Where did everybody go during the pandemic? Did they come well, to you guys? My son stayed at school long, but then he ended up staying with me because I'm the only one in the place that he grew up. Got and it. he would go to his father. He, 
twice a week he went and played golf with his father yeah he saw his father plenty so it worked out great like our kids are really good at balancing now that they're older they go to both and they you know we each have our own relationship with them so I, I'm pretty sure I could talk to you for hours, but I'm only going to ask you one more question because I think we're pretty like-minded. What would you say, so someone right now is going through the miserable, painful process of we know we need to get a divorce. What are your go-to guidance of what are the next steps that they should take right now? They have not called anybody yet other than each other and their friends. What What's next? So what I tell people is you like the the first call you make a lot of people say you know hire an attorney and uh, you can do a like a one-hour consultation with attorney but i would not choose an attorney first i would have a like a one-hour consultation with attorney just to get some basic questions answered i don't know you know i'm in new jersey so i know new jersey law but i don't know where it is in yeah. you know, california or wherever you are so you have to know what specific things that you're really concerned about. And then I would talk to each other and say, you know, do you think we can hire a mediator? Because if you can work out things together or with just one mediator, you are going to save so much time and money with, you know, first of all, if each of you hire an attorney, I can't tell you how much miscommunication. Do you know how much yours was? Um, over 30,000. Yeah, mine was 12. Um, I know someone whose was 500,000 yeah. for one person. Yeah, yeah, that was just me, right. Right, see, and what they don't understand is they think that the attorney is going to help them get the best deal, but the attorney's job, like you said, is to get, you know, to fight for the financial or fight for whatever it is they need to fight for. But what you were just saying, the, getting a mediator who could sit down with you and say, do you both have the same common goal? We can figure out some of the little bumps. For me, the dream team is a mediator and a divorce coach to deal with your feelings and all your junk. And right. You're, you're right. And then you got those two. And people, when they look at our, our fees, they're like, oh my God, that's so expensive. I'm like, you have absolutely no idea. No so idea. Much, one of my friends only spent $2,000 together for everything because oh they didn't fight. They just yeah. sat down with the intention of what's the best choice for the children. And it's important what mediator you get because some mediators are so good at this. And I have some good referrals from people near me that are, they just, you know, when anytime you get adversarial, they are able to pull you together and, and explain, you know, why and how to get to an agreement. So it's, that's their job. You know, they want to get you to an agreement. They don't want to, you know, drag this out. And attorneys are like, you know, some of them are great, and I have had attorneys that don't drag things out. Yeah, me too. But you, you know, you're own, they're only on one side. So mm -hmm. they do not try to make things easier, usually. Right. And you, you have no control over what the other person's attorney. So, like, the other person for my ex, his attorney happened, because everyone's got their own baggage, happened to be the sister-in-law of someone who was murdered by someone's boyfriend like in a yucky situation and accused me of planning on murdering my soon-to-be ex-husband and I was like dude I have no desire to murder him like at all and so like she did got he it he had attorney he did he loved uh, her because she got him everything he wanted and so I and I've never wanted to fight another person before but I actually wanted to meet her in an alley and so like she had no interest in what was best for my kids. She just wanted him and same. So it's like, there are great attorneys, right? But what do you do if you have one parent who wants to work it out and one parent who's like, no, I'm hiring a lawyer? 
Then what? I mean, you can't do mediation with somebody who's not reasonable. Right. So unfortunately, it again. you it again. cannot do mediation with somebody who's not reasonable. Okay. I mean, they could become more reasonable after they meet with a mediator. That's possible. And I've seen that a lot where they go into it with one point of view and then the mediator explains, hey, you could go down this path. But people don't realize that if you don't agree and you go to court, you don't make the decision for your for your family. You a judge is making it's the decision. It's taken out forever. You have yes. to go to co-parenting coaches. You have to use apps to, to monitor everything, and they get you. You get dinged if your language and tone is not right. You can have guardian ad litems. Like it becomes a legal hell. Yep. And then you lose actual decision making for your own family. And and some judge is going to make a decision for your children that they're better than their parents. No. And that judge, well, whether they're well off or not, could have the have their own baggage. And when they look right. at you, you remind them of their like ex, and right. you're done. Yeah. So I just yeah, want to yeah. thank you so much for your time. Um, I want my listeners to know, and I'm going to include it in my episode notes, that to reach you, your website is divorcecoachjill.com. Right. And um, you have your separation and divorce support group. You're starting your challenge, which I'm very interested to hear about. I am going to be, I'm following you because I think that you have so much to offer and oh, I'm you. so grateful for your time. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. I, thank I you really so much. Meeting you. <laughs> and I love, I, from one mother of three boys to another, I'm hailing you. <laughs> thank thank you. you. Have a good one. You too.